Welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show, where you'll learn how to grow your team today. Join Ken Trupke and his guests as they discuss what works and doesn't work to grow your team in today's world. And now, your host, Ken Trupke. Hello, and welcome again to the Clarity Advisor Show. Conflict is something that most of us don't like especially in the workplace, where we're there to solve problems for our customers, not have problems with our teammates. But where there's more than one person around, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be friction. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be problems. So rather than trying to avoid them, because we know problems are going to come up, they're going to find us, or try to ignore them, which doesn't usually work because problems don't usually fix themselves. What are some healthy and productive ways that we can address conflict in the workplace and try to resolve it? So I've got three ideas for you today that you can use with your team. Number one, breathe and relax. Literally, the first thing you should do when you're entering into a conflict, when somebody comes into your office frustrated, or even maybe yelling at you, or you get that email where somebody's clearly unhappy and upset, or maybe it's a phone call, whatever it is, your body's going to start reacting to that. You're going to have natural body changes. Your heart rate's going to go up. You might get a little bit sweaty in the palms. You might have a dry throat and have trouble speaking. Your brain might go into kind of fight or flight response where you have trouble problem solving. Well, problem solving is exactly what we need to be able to do. So one way to start to counter some of those body responses is to just breathe, to relax, to try to lower the tension in your body so that you're not in that fight or flight mode and that you can start to problem solve and process what's happening. Three deep breaths in through the nose and out through your mouth will make a world of difference in starting to calm your body down. If you can, sit down. If you're standing, sit down. Maybe you're working from home and you have a chance to literally lay down. Anything that signals to your body to calm down will help. That motion will change emotion and it will help you as we proceed through resolving this conflict. So that's step one. Breathe and relax. Literally. Somebody doesn't need to have you respond immediately when they come in going, bop, 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 bop. you don't need to go, well, bop, 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 bop. right away. You can just go, just look at them for a second, take some deep breaths and then enter in. Okay. Step two, we need to define the problem. When someone comes in frustrated or sends you an email, maybe it's not a hundred percent clear what they're frustrated about. When somebody starts out with something like, I can't believe you let this happen. Well, what happened? You can't believe I let what happened. You you might literally not know what they're talking about. So if we're going to have this argument, let's at least know what we're arguing about. Or if we're disagreeing, what are we disagreeing about? And two ways to do that. One is ask questions. Just literally say, I'm not sure what you mean. What are you talking about? What happened exactly? Something like that. Not to be confrontational or antagonistic, but to genuinely understand. And so make sure that that's what's in your head because however it's in your head is how it's going to come out of your mouth. And if you're thinking like, how dare you come in here and start telling me that? Well, that's what it's going to sound like. Even if you say the same words of like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And what do you mean? 
or are, are going to sound very different to that person. So you want to genuinely understand. So make sure that's what you're trying to do. So ask questions to try to understand what exactly we're talking about, because we want to move into problem solving mode and we can't solve a problem that we haven't defined. Okay. The other way of defining the problem is by what Chris Voss in the book, Never Split the Difference, calls labeling. And that's using the phrase seems like or sounds like in front of a, a suggestion of the problem. So, so somebody comes in like, I can't believe you let this happen. And you could say something like, well, it seems like you're frustrated with how that meeting just went. Well, that's probably a good guess at what happened. But the good news is that's all it has to be. It just has to be a good guess. You don't have to be right. You don't have to be a mind reader here because what's going to happen is they're going to have one of two responses. Either they're going to say, yeah, you're right. I am mad about that meeting. I can't believe that that happened in there. Okay. Now we're starting to define things. We're getting a little bit narrower about what exactly it is we're talking about and maybe sideways over. The other thing that they might say is the opposite. They might say, no, what are you talking about? I don't care about that meeting. I'm talking about the meeting last week. Oh, okay. So it's not the meeting we just had. It's a meeting we had a few days ago or a week ago. Okay. So either way, when you say it seems like blank, they're going to say, yeah, exactly. Or they're going to say, no, not that at all. This other thing, either way, you're getting more information. So use those two techniques to get information so we can define the problem so that we can start to work to resolve the problem. All right, the third thing we need to do now is get synchronous. And just so we're clear on definitions, there's synchronous, which means at the same time. And then there's asynchronous, which means not at the same time, right? So if you think of email in general, email is asynchronous. So I send an email now and you can read it later. You don't have to read it right now. You can read it later and you can respond later. And then when you respond, I can read that then, or I could read it even later than that. So it's not synced up. It's not at the same time. Like if you and I were talking, you'd be hearing what I was saying as I was saying it. And I'd be hearing what you're saying as you're saying it. There's no delay. It's not, I can't wait and hear you later. I hear you right now. It's synchronous. So that's what synchronous is. So synchronous would be things like phone calls, Zoom, or in person. Asynchronous would be things like email, text, and Slack. Now you can go really fast with texting and Slack and even email. I've seen people like sending, receiving, sending, 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 back and forth and back and forth, but it's still not literally synchronous. You're not hearing what I'm typing while I'm typing it. You don't hear it until or read it until I hit send. So it's not truly synchronous. So here's the problem. The problem with asynchronous communication is twofold. One, because it's textual, it's Slack, email, texting, it's, it's written and I have to read it and interpret it. There's no body language. There's no nonverbal communication. There's none of that richness of communication that you get with those synchronous methods. And so something is lost. And when there's conflict, you want everything you can get. You don't want to have things be lost. You want to have things be gained. And so you want to gain all that richness of communication, not lose it to asynchronous texting or emailing. And we've all been involved in those cases of misunderstanding where somebody read your text a certain way that you didn't intend. And now you're spending time cleaning that up. Well, when you're in a situation where 
there's conflict, we want to move past all that. And we don't want to be hindered by that. So we need to get on the phone or on a Zoom call or walk over and meet in person. We've got to close that gap of the synchronous and the asynchronous so that we can have that rich conversation. The other thing that synchronous allows us to do is course correct really quickly. If I write you a three page or three paragraph email and I'm wrong in my first sentence, and my first sentence is, we missed budget by 35% last quarter, blah, 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 and I go on and on and on based on that 35%. Well, what if it turns out I missed a zero and we only missed budget by 3.5%? Well, that's probably a whole different situation. But I've spent time and energy ranting about this thing that was wrong and I don't give you a chance to correct it until I hit send. And then you get it like, no, 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 no. We, it wasn't 35%. It was 3.5%. Oh, okay. But there's already conflict there. Whereas if I say that out loud synchronously, if we're on the phone, I say, I'm upset that we missed budget by 35%. You go, wait, where'd you get that number? I, I think it was only 3.5. Are you sure it was 35? Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. I'm reading that wrong. It's oh, okay. Yeah, it's 3.5. No big deal. See, you've just shut that conflict right down. You've resolved that conflict right there just by being synchronous, by having that chance to course correct. You can also read body language. Are they tracking? Somebody might not be uh, agitated by you, but they just might literally understand you. So you're in paragraph two of your three paragraph rant and they start giving you kind of that quizzical, what? Look, well, if you can see them or hear them, you know, they're not tracking you. Wait, do, are, you, are you with me? Did you understand that? Do you have a question? Whatever. And we can make sure we stay aligned. See, when, when there's conflict, we don't disagree about everything. There's probably a lot that we agree about and that we see it the same way. There's only a piece of it where we're sideways. So let's not blow it up and not find those places that we can have agreement and assume that it's all a big mess. But when you do when you do asynchronous communication, usually you're dumping a whole bunch of stuff that may or may not be correct, and then getting a whole bunch of stuff back that may or may not be correct. And you're going back and forth like this without really being on track. And so those are the reasons I just so strongly recommend, especially when there's conflict, to get together synchronously. Get on the phone. Don't keep going on Slack or text or email when it's clear that we're not seeing eye to eye here. You've got to move from asynchronous to synchronous at that point. So, so those are the three tips. You know, we want to breathe and relax when we sense there's conflict. We want to define the problem, ask questions, label, seems like, sounds like, to get information about what exactly are we upset about and not seeing things the same way? What is, what is the issue again? And then get synchronous. We can't resolve it via email just doesn't usually go well, or at a minimum, it takes forever to get there when it could go so much faster on the phone with so much more richness and building relationships. So the last kind of bonus point on that is give the benefit of the doubt. When conflict arises, you want to assume that it's your fault. Because one, if it's not your fault, there's not much you're going to do to fix it. Now, hopefully somebody else can fix it, but you can't control that. You're not going to control what they do. You only control you. And so if you have a mindset of this is my fault, then you can, you can have a much easier time of approaching that other person. It's going to lower the tension when you say, wow, that sounds like I messed something up. I'm really sorry. Well, what is that other person going to say now? Yeah, you're darn right. You should be sorry. You did mess it up. Like maybe they'll say that, but 
you're not going to say it again. I mean, how many times are you going to pound on the person who's acknowledged it was my fault that I made a mistake and I'm sorry? See, now we've moved on to, yep, you're right. Okay, got it. Now let's problem solve. How do we fix this mess? How do we avoid this mess in the future? Whatever it is. But if you have in your head like, oh no, this is totally their fault. I'll show them. Well, you're just going to escalate the conflict. So we're trying to de-escalate and resolve conflict, not escalate it. And so if you have that mindset of, this is probably my fault. Now it might turn out it's not your fault. But if you at least start there, if it turns out it is, well, now you're much more humble and the other person is going to be willing to forgive and move forward, which is what we want. And if it's not your fault, there's nothing lost. The other person hopefully isn't going to acknowledge that, but you don't lose anything by giving the benefit of the doubt. All right. So those are the tips to resolve conflict. We're going to jump into how to reduce conflict and hopefully not need these skills when we come back after the break. Stay with me on the Clarity Advisor Show. Is your business where you want it to be or on track to get there? Clarity Advisors helps business leaders improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success. We specialize in helping you streamline your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Call or text Ken at 616-822-2998 to have a complimentary 12-minute call to see what some clarity could do for you. Okay, welcome back to the Clarity Advisor Show. Today, we're talking about conflict in the workplace. No one's favorite topic, but a skill that we all need to be a successful leader and a successful teammate. So we walked through the three things that you can do to resolve conflict. Now let's talk about some things you can do to reduce conflict so that we don't even get to that place where we're having to resolve it. All right, so the number one thing you can do, my first tip is be clear. The clearer you are, the less conflict you'll have. If you just say, hey, I'm going to need that thing. And then a week later, you're like, where's my thing? Where's that report I asked for? And people are like, wait, report? You just said I need that thing. I thought you just wanted me to look into it. No, I wanted a report. Well, you didn't say report. And I wanted it Monday. Well, you didn't say Monday. So you weren't clear. You wanted a written report on Monday. We'll just say, hey, listen, for that thing, I'm going to need a written report by Monday. Does that work? Any reason we can't do that? So just be clear. Set expectations. Make sure that w- you've said what you want. People aren't mind readers. Just because it's clear in your head doesn't mean it's clear for them. And the more specific you can be, the better, because we can resolve some conflict like preemptively, like avoid it, because let's say they can't get it done by Monday. Well, if you say, hey, I'm going to need that in writing in a report, written report by Monday, I got, ooh, I got a bunch of stuff that's due Monday. Any reason we couldn't do it Tuesday? See, now we can agree that Tuesday is going to be fine. Or no, I really need it Monday. What can we shuffle around? How do we make this work? So we're problem solving now. We're not having conflict. We're problem solving. Whereas if you just say, hey, get me that report. And in your head, it's going to be due Monday. And in their head, hey, I got stuff to do. It's not going to be till Tuesday. And all of a sudden it comes Tuesday. You're like, where was my report? Now we've got conflict because you had an expectation that they didn't have because it wasn't communicated and we weren't clear. So be clear. And then following right on that is check for understanding. So we agree you're going to have that report written to me by Tuesday now, right? Because you've got some conflicts on Monday, but I'll have it Tuesday. Yep, you'll have it Tuesday. Great. Now we both know what to expect. Now, if that doesn't happen on Tuesday, okay, now we might have some conflict, but it's not going to be because we didn't know it had to be a written report on Tuesday. 
It's going to be because something came up and it didn't happen and there wasn't good communication or whatever. Different problem. But being clear and then checking for understanding. So we both agree this is what's going to happen, right? Okay, we both agree that by next Friday, we're going to, the teams are going to have met and have come up with a written action plan that gets circulated for comments, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. By next Friday, we'll have the team meet and circulate whatever, yep, whatever it is. Be clear. All right. My last tip for reducing conflict is to build relationships. Now stay with me, especially in, in the DIS model. This is for my D's and C's, those task-oriented people where we're all about getting things done, not necessarily putting people first. And I fall into that camp. I tend to be a DC. And so I understand, you know, there's, there's kind of that outgoing, fast pace, task-oriented person. And then there's that more deliberative, task-oriented person. But on that side of the DISC equation is task orientation, not people orientation. And so we want to make sure, especially as Ds and Cs, those task-oriented people, that we put people first. Build relationships with people. We can't just always be get the thing done and not worry about other people. See, if we can, it's, it's just so much harder to have conflict with people that you know well and people that you see every day and people that you've laughed with, people that you've eaten with, people that you know and that know you. It's just our human nature. It's harder, not impossible, because of course, like go home, right? All kinds of conflict at home, people that know you really well and that you eat and live with all the time. But it's just, it's harder to have really big conflict at work with people that you know well. Very easy to throw somebody kind of under the bus, as they say, if you don't see them every day, if they work from home and you work from an office and you don't see them, they don't come in. So you don't, you don't have a chance to talk about anything other than work when it's time to talk about a task. You don't know anything about them or their family or their situation or what's going on with them right now. You don't know any of that stuff. All you know is I need this and you didn't deliver this. It's pretty easy to get frustrated with them and have conflict. But if you know them and they come in and suddenly they don't come in, you're like, oh, something's up. I wonder what's going on. And you give them a call like, hey, no business question. Just curious. You know, I noticed you haven't been in a couple of days. Everything okay? Just want to check on you. Right? You have those, build those personal relationships. It doesn't even have to be that deep. It could just be in the, in a, in a break time before or after a work conversation, whether that's physically in person in the kitchen or it's something on a Zoom meeting right at the beginning of the Zoom meeting or maybe at the end, or maybe both. You're just like, hey, by the way, it sounded like you had a dog in the background there. What kind of dog do you have? Like, just get to know that person. Because when you build those relationships, it helps resolve conflict. Because you, even when you're in the heat of the moment, when you do have conflict, you remember, wait a minute, this is somebody that I know and somebody that I like. We get along great normally. It gets back to that, give the benefit of the doubt too. Like, something's crazy here. There's a misunderstanding here somewhere. It's probably my fault. And you go into it with this whole different mindset versus somebody that you don't really know really very well who you don't see often, you don't have a relationship with, it's a lot harder to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a lot harder to assume it was your fault. It's a lot easier to just be angry and frustrated by them because you don't really know them, don't really care about them. It's easier to be frustrated. So to reduce conflict, build relationships and get to know people so that you're not so frustrated. And when, and when there is an issue, you know you're going to work it out. So there you go. There's my three tips to resolve conflict, breathe and relax, define the problem, get synchronous, right? Get off the phone, 
your phone like texting and slacking and get on the phone, like actually use it to use your voice and call and then give the benefit of the doubt. And to reduce conflict, you've got to be clear. You got to check for common understanding so that you know that you were clear and we're all clear and then build relationships. Just build relationships, get to know your teammates so that you can become stronger together. So conflict is inevitable. You're facing it frequently. You're going to face it frequently where there's people, there's conflict, but let's have healthy and productive approaches to it. So take that and make your team better this week. And we'll see you next time on the Clarity Advisor Show. Thank you for listening to the Clarity Advisor Show. Clarity Advisors is a speaking, training, and consulting firm specializing in helping you simplify your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Connect with Clarity Advisors today to learn more about how they can help you improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success.